We are the pivot. Gosh, it feels so good to be back. We had Ryan Leaf on Tuesday, and now, man, Freddie T. Fresh! Back on this rock. Good to see you, my dog. Also, congratulations. First time we get an opportunity to be with you uh, since being uh, named a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame for us. It's well overdue. How does it feel, bro? It's good. First, it's good to be back. I mean, listen, I got attacked on Instagram. You guys been posting shows without me? Man, they coming out the woodworks, man. Like, you done? What's going on? Nah, every, everything is good. This is family. These are my brothers. So we tight. Drop that. Uh, but when it comes to the Hall of Fame talk, that's what it's talk. You know, it feels good to be back in that conversation. I want to get in a deeper conversation. I want to get in the finalist room. And hopefully this is the year. But we just got to keep grinding and um, hopefully at some point the selectors call my number, but God's timing is the best timing. So we're just going to float until then. Fred, I got to ask you, man, how does it feel? I ain't going to have a chance. I don't know me if RC going to have a chance. But brother, have no control of it. Just you, There's nothing you can do. You can't talk that, to that, nobody. You can't argue with nobody. It's a group of people that's deciding on your future of right. getting that gold jacket. What does arguing do? It comes across as crying, right? Yeah. I mean, I've put in the work. <clears throat> that was years ago. I've been retired now over 10 years. So I've put in the work already. Now it's up to the selectors, the people who, you know, know football. Um, I, I, if I could change anything, I would add, you know, the Hall of Famers that are in there or, you know, maybe in terms of politicking or campaigning, guys that you played against. I would take, I would weigh their thoughts on the player and then include that in my decision if I was selector. But uh, it feels good, man. It does feel good. Um, I never played for it, but it happened. So let's see what happens. You gonna get on there. I'm gonna throw my draws on the stage. <laughs> Please don't. Because you look like you wear the, the, the white boxers from prison or tidy whities and you don't bathe enough for me to feel like that's sanitary in any way. As a matter of fact, what you do is Buy a pair of drawers, like new ones, and just pull them out your pocket and, and throw, throw them up, up there. there. Yeah, if he threw his real drawers up there, that would ruin the pivot. Like we, would, <laughs> we would never, we would never be able to shoot another show. First off, the worst invention in the history of mankind is white drawers. <laughs> I agree. Why are you gonna ask a garbage man to wear a white outfit? That just make no sense. You around garbage all day. <laughs> no, I'm not wearing no white drawers. Let's line myself up for disappointment. <laughs> I, hey, I, you know, you're going to line your lady up <laughs> for disappointment because you know you nasty. She don't quite know. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Welcome to the pivot. Uh, we got an opportunity a few weeks ago to do a show with just the three of us. We appreciate how positively. It was received, and this is something that we want to do more often. We obviously understand how important the guests are, how those guests have allowed us to build a brand and also build this show and the following that we have that we're so appreciative of to DraftKings uh, and also to Happy Dad. Thank you so much for your sponsorship, for your partnership. Uh, we appreciate all that you've done, but for every subscriber, every viewer that continues to support us, thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue to like, uh, continue to tell your friend, to tell a friend. 
to tell a friend uh, to join us anytime. And the one thing we like to do with these shows is have an opportunity to talk about things that are currently going on, uh, whether it be in sports. And a lot of times for us, the way that sports actually affect and relate to real life. On November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, the Washington Post posted a story and it featured a picture of Jerry Jones. That picture is from September 9th, 1957. It's Jerry Jones and a group of, of white youngsters and a group of white young individuals uh, protesting or having an issue standing in front of uh, black students during desegregation. I think it was at North Little Rock High. Uh, it was the North Little Rock Six who was attempting to get into the school. And there's been a huge uproar about this. Um, I think Stephen A was one of those people who had an opportunity to talk about it. And he said that Jerry Jones didn't deserve for this picture to be posted or for this to be happening uh, to him. When you think about that picture, what it means, what it looks like, Freddie T, what are your first and initial thoughts? Be a grown up. Don't be biased, don't pick a side. I mean, pictures are worth a thousand words. You know, we don't know what stance he took. Uh, quite frankly, I don't know what age he was at that time, but whatever the case, I know he was young. And if it was young Freddie T in that photo, in that particular situation, I don't know what I would have been doing. If these were my really close friends, I probably would have been there, you know, backing them. But, you know, I, f for me, RC, I would say, um, Pictures are worth a thousand words, and and so be it. I think a lot of people are reaching. You know, I think it's it's press, it's uh, it's attention. They got still got to find a way in this digital era to sell newspapers, right? So I mean, um, I don't think much of it. it. It's it's great clickbait. You hit that yeah. on the head too. But the funny thing is that all these kids now, these young people nowadays, and players, athletes are getting in trouble with these cameras and these video phones. And in 1957, they had the camera with the motherfucking bull broke out when they took a picture and Jerry got caught in the picture. That was, my initial thought was, how in the hell they get a picture of Jerry Jones as a teenager? I didn't think they had cameras back then. But to your point, Fred, when I saw it, it's easy to jump on the side of, oh, he didn't, he didn't, want, the, he didn't want the school to get segregated. He didn't want that. You know, he, he didn't want desegregation. But I look at the picture as a grown up man was standing in the back. I'd have stand and watched plenty fights. You know what I'm saying? And how he grew up as well, 50, 57, 63, Jim Crow, Jim Crow ended. Mm -hmm. So the world he was living in told young Jerry that black people are less than white people. Mm -hmm. Does he agree with it? I don't see any bubbles coming off of that picture. I don't know his stance at the time. I'm sure Jerry, now, this day and age, is gonna say he, he wasn't that, he was just sitting there watching, he was a part of the crew, whatever. That's what, only thing we'll know is what Jerry says now. But in that picture, as I look at that picture, the first thing is funny that there was a camera that, that old. The second thing was, I can't see him. He wasn't front line. He wasn't grabbing nobody. He wasn't screaming. He was standing there watching. Look. So I'm not jumping on the side of this man's a racist. I can't do it. Yeah, I know he's done an interview. I haven't heard anything. You said we don't know what Jerry would Jer say. Now, Jerry what said, did Jerry say Jer now? Jerry said that, that he was there and he was more of an observer. Uh, he said, honestly, he can't necessarily speak to exactly what he was doing or feeling at the time, but there wasn't anything in that picture that says that he was part of the mob or part of the individuals who were against the desegregation 
of the schools at that time. So what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. I think all we know is who people are today. Uh, we had the same conversation about Mitchell Miller. Mitchell Miller, who has now uh, got his, gotten his contract rescinded by the Boston Bruins based on something he did as a child, based on something he did in middle school. I think most of us, or, or all three of us, I can speak for us, agree that a lot of that was because Isaiah was developmentally slow. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us feel like using the N-word or mistreating a young black man or bullying a young black man normally gets contracts rescinded. I think that's the first thing. I understand that people that grew up like Jerry Jones, where Jerry Jones grew up, were part of that culture. That seeing Jerry Jones standing in that mob of people doesn't make Jerry Jones a racist. That seeing Jerry Jones standing in that mob of people doesn't say that Jerry Jones doesn't get an opportunity to prove that you can change, to prove that you can be different. It is a reminder of what this country was like. It's also a reminder of the upbringing of many people who run these teams. Yeah. And, you know, I spoke to Channing about this earlier. We were sitting down um, eating and I said, the type of racism that's easy to ignore is the type of racism I get in Louisiana a lot, right? That the people that, that drive by my house from back on the bayou who haven't accomplished as much as me, who haven't endured as much as me, who call me the N-word, that doesn't bother me, right? That's just a, that's just a word. Um, the type of racism that does bother me is institutional, uh, systemic. And when you can stop black people from elevating or getting certain jobs, that's a problem. Jerry Jones can do that. So now I got to look at Jerry Jones' track record. I got to look at in 2016 when Colin Kaepernick was protesting and when much of the many people in the league decided to protest, how many Dallas Cowboys protested? Yeah. How many African-American players on the Dallas Cowboys team were willing to stand with Colin Kaepernick or even willing to speak on the behalf of what he was protesting? You didn't have to say you agree with Colin, but you could say, you know what? Police brutality is an issue. Racism in this country is an issue. Nobody on that team did that in 2016. So much so that I can be honest, I had an issue with Dak Prescott. Because I felt like Dak Prescott had a voice, had a voice that he could use, but he couldn't because of who owned this team. And then when the team finally did protest, Jerry Jones hijacked the protest. He went in there. Jerry Jones went out there and locked arms and said, we're going to do this and we're going to do it this way. And so those things do bother me. Because those things do bring me back to a foundation, because we all have one. Then I said, okay, well, let me look at Jerry Jones' track record as an owner. It's a lot of black people Jerry Jones have made rich. It's a ton of black millionaires walking the face of this earth. We just had the playmaker on this show who loves Jerry Jones. He changed the playmaker's life. Playmaker never had an offensive coordinator that was black, though. In fact, over three owners, uh, what is it, nine head coaches? They've never had a black offensive coordinator. They've had two black defensive coordinators, and I think the span of that is three or four years. The highest black ranking executive is a scout. I don't think that that picture means that Jerry Jones is racist. I don't think that picture means that Jerry Jones can't progress. I do think Jerry Jones' track record shows that Jerry Jones, at least intentionally, has not been about elevating black people to the positions of power and influence. And I think to me, that is more concerning than the picture. We just sat down with Michael Irvin, and he loved Jerry Jones. But he gave Mike a lot of money to do a job. 
But think about that dynasty. Emmett, Troy, that what we talked about with Charles, Charles Haley, Haley, Larry Allen, all those guys. All those big boys. Let, Big Let, what, what they call Cat, Big Cat, and yeah. all them boys. He gave them a lot of money to do their job, but they all also up the value of the Dallas Cowboys and put money in his pocket as well. He's paying employees, and that's what he's doing. So the whole thing about, you know, oh, they, they can't be racist. And not speaking to Jerry Jones, I bring up Bob McNair, who's a flat-out racist. We all know that. Ain't no, ain't no discussion, no picture's going to change my mind. Yes. Andre Johnson made a bunch of money off Aaron Foster. I can go through. Dudes I played when he was there. He paid them a lot of money to play football for his team to get a record, to make him look good. So if you're hiring black guys that are fast and can catch and can run and can throw, does that make you like black people? Does that make you not a racist? That's what I say when people want to, you know, in the other side, when they want to talk about, you know, it's slavery. Athletes are not slaves. It doesn't make any sense. You're getting paid millions. You can't be a slave. Yep. Go look at what slavery really was. Anybody brings that up, yep. that pisses me off when you bring that up. But to the point you made about the, the, the higher-ranking executives bringing people of color to that standpoint, that's interesting to me. If you're hiring somebody just to run, run real fast and catch good and throw far, there would be a number of owners, the way they grew up, that would hire an entire white team if they could. But they wouldn't win a damn game. Zero. And that's what it is. So do, does that make you like black people, accept black people, want to raise up black people because you hire them to play a sport? In my mind, it's not, Joe. You know, I, I think uh, it was brilliant <clears throat> of the Washington Post to even run that story. The person who ever found the picture, I'm sure they got a lot of money, right? But the Post, they don't lose anything. It's more eyes on their platform because much like what we're doing here right now, we're talking about it. It's there for the entire world to talk about it and form an opinion. We don't know, but there are some underlying layers, as you mentioned, RC, and we can paint the picture however we feel within our mind after looking at this photo, knowing what you just said, and then you make a decision. Like, you're not gonna deal with Jerry every day on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. You know, how does it affect your life? You're gonna make, you know, you're gonna make an, form an opinion on the photo and you're gonna keep pushing. Now, whether you see Jerry down the road in front of the Cowboys and the star doing interviews or whatever, Whatever, uh, whatever your decision you made then, as it relates to the photo, you're probably gonna think that, right? But who's it gonna matter to other than you? I think that's it too, right? It's gonna be everybody's opportunity and their right to look at a picture or look at a track record, and they're gonna come up with their opinion of a human. A lot of times, those opinions don't matter. It's not, it's not necessarily why they live their lives, but in staying in the same context of ownership, uh, Freddie T. Uh, last week, I had an opportunity to go to the new installation for Sean Taylor. And, and leading up to it, I was talking to people about Daniel Snyder. And Daniel Snyder, obviously there's so much going on uh, with that team, whether it be harassment, whether it be racism, FBI probes, all of these different things. And it's been misstep after misstep in the way that the Washington now commanders have handled that situation, even down to a PR release or media release that was just so awfully worded and so, and, and just so pompous and arrogant, you know, and you're like, gosh, these guys don't get it. The one thing I think that Daniel Snyder has gotten is understanding his, his relationship with players and how to like love on them. And I say that because of Sean Taylor. Uh, I had an opportunity to be with 
Big Jackie and Lil Jackie, you know, that was his fiance at the time of his passing and obviously his daughter and like to see her, his daughter see different things in the stadium, man, and cry, right? And she, she was so young when he passed, she don't know it, right? She never got, she, she doesn't remember his touch. She doesn't remember his face, all those things. And so those opportunities and times that we get to talk about him are times that she gets to feel close and know that that's who her father was and know what he's meant to all of these people. And so we get to the installation and we've done this big tour, man, and the family's happy. I see Pete, who's his father, Gabriel's little brother, man, we're there and it's covered and I'm just so excited because I'm like, man, like finally, you know, they're gonna put something in this stadium 15 years to his death that is fully going to encapsulate what he means to all of these people. Like the folks are crying. And you know, they show the video and it's smooth and it's Sean Springs and Tanner Man, they're talking. And I'm crying by this point. I'm kind of in the back and uh, I'll never go back for any of this stuff. And like they, they, raised, they raised the curtain and once the tears stopped, I was like, what is this? Yeah. You know, they gotta and, make right with And that. you got an opportunity to see that, Freddie Ting. I saw you post, you was like, little bro, man. When you looking at that, like, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, obviously we all miss Shanti. <clears throat> Just an amazing soul, right? <laughs> man, they gotta do right. I, I think that's a mannequin. You know, so it's I, like a I, wired yeah, metal mannequin. Yeah, no, I think he deserves a, a statues are inexpensive. He's a he's an iconic player, you know, he he's a Doug Williams of sorts when you mention the Redskins, right? He's going to be one of those guys who's immortal, you know, and forever tied to this franchise. There will be stories about yeah. Sean T and how the potential he had and how great of a player he was, right? Uh, I, I, I am grateful that of the honor. Uh, I think they could have done a bit more, right? And uh, I see uh, people made somewhat of a mockery of it, uh, even some of the fans on, on social media you know, think he deserves a statue and not necessarily what looks almost like a, a mannequin. He should have made a mockery. Macy's statues are nicer than that. That's real. Swear to God, Macy's has nicer statues of Sean Taylor, what he is, what he meant to that organization. They put a big red felt, pull it off. They could have put some newspaper over that yeah, little piece real, of though. shit that they put out there for Sean T. They, any, anybody upset is justified. Because they made a big, to your point, missteps, made a gigantic movement, put all the social media, had all the, the news stations out there to see this, everyone that loves Shanti. Yeah. And then y'all gonna pull out the wire mannequin on the man? I'm to your point, I don't know how much a, a, a damn statue costs to make, but Dan has it. Yeah. The commanders have it. Why would you go the cheap route? There is no way. Add the jersey, the pants, the socks, the, there is no way that thing costs more than $500 to make. Five hundred dollars. You gonna make a big deal out of spending five hundred dollars on Sean T and remembering him and making it a big deal? Fifteen years, fifteen years to his death. That was embarrassing. The difficult part, being someone who was close to him and who loved him, was I got to see like the entire day in the way that they did love on Baby Jackie, and I was like, man, like this is cool, you know. And then also just being the friend, I was like, man, like if y'all are happy, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Like if y'all can smile, man, and y'all feel good, you know, and, 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 they, and they did, you know, for the most part, Jackie said something to me, you know, her mom was like, for me, 
15 years, they're still talking about him. And they're still bringing him up. And they're still honoring him. And that was the vein I wanted to look at. Because I was like, well, she okay. Like, how? Like, how, I'm going to be pissy. Right. You know? And I sent out, you know, guys, Sunday's my tweet day. You know? I sent out one tweet. And I sent out the tweet and I just talked about losing him, but the fact that I got to see his daughter be close to him. And I said, and this is your day and this is my only tweet. And that was the reason. Cause I was asked so many times, what do you feel? And I'm gonna be honest, man, like I feel like it was bull crap. And it also speaks to no one truly caring about him. Not necessarily not caring about his daughter because I watched that and I watched them pay attention to her. But if you loved him, Right, and if you are actually a part of the way that he moved people, there's no way you let that happen. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like if if they come to Channing and something happens and it's one of your boys and they're like, Channing, man, like, what do you think it is? You'd have been like, nah, that ain't it. Same thing with you, Fred. No, that's not it. They didn't ask nobody though. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like they didn't they didn't bring it to people that were true. Ask a fan. Ask a fan. Like uh, the the dude, the dude played like played five years. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't, he didn't finish that. You know what I'm saying? And the reason he deserves a statue is because of what he did in that time. In that time, he moved people. There are a generation of safeties, very like tall safeties, who only play that position because he made it cool. Everybody wanted the ball. Everybody, he could have played anything he wanted to. He chose that. And so now for him to encapsulate that position in that way here, because we're still here, just do it the right way. And my hopes are, if whatever happens with the team going forward, that they rectify it, that they fix it. What do you think is the proper way to go forward with it for AT? Do you leave it like that and say, well, this is what we decided to do? No, nah, you can't. Or do you admit the mistake and change it? You can't leave it like that. I mean, you, you can say we recognize it here, you know, in year 15, milestone, but you have to do something better. You know, you, you, you got to keep the seats filled. You got to clean up all that other mess that you're dealing with, but you have to make sure you take care of one of yours. It was time to get it right. You could have... It, it was you, time you then. You, it was but one it of those is, days. It's not too late. It's not too late. But to your point, I'm Dan Snyder's in the hot seat right now. And there's rumors he might get, what, $6 billion off the commanders. I honestly, in my heart, believe it's going to be the next ownership group that gets it right. Because there's so many missteps. For him to, to your point, I love what you said. Why, did he, why didn't you go to some of his friends, some of his family, not even your players? Ask his, ask his, his ask Jackie. Ask his mom. Ask his dad. His but dad is let, a well-respected let, let, dude. Let me, let me ask you this. One, why does he have to? He does. I mean, because he knows Shanti. Shanti. He knows Shanti. That was one of his favorite guys. So why not out the gate say, I'm gonna do the best of the best for my guy? And 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 on the other side of that is because of everything that's going on, because it's been like when we get it, when the public gets it, like they've already known about it, right? Did that interfere with that decision? Or was this something quick? just to get it done because they're handling so much other crap on the back end. The Philly special has a statue. Nick Foles and Doug Peterson have a statue that is a likeness of them discussing the call. And S. got that for dying. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm ever around y'all babies, man, 
and y'all ain't around, take care of them like they're my babies. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what you do for people you love. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm ever in charge of anything and it's about somebody I love, like, I'm gonna do it like I do it for everybody else I love. Like if 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 Jordan or Jaden or Logan got an opportunity to get something and they say, RC, you are in charge of making sure whatever the reward matches the accomplishment. That's how I'm gonna do it for y'all kids. That's how I'm gonna do it for y'all babies. If if my son didn't get to reach his potential, but even in the short time he was here, he changed my, he changed Daniel Snyder's life. How do, you, how do you reward the people that gave him to you or the people he was taken away from and not think to yourself, they changed my life? And so I think to, to me, that was, that was the bigger issue. Not that the installment wasn't as great as we would hope. I think that the installment didn't seem as heartfelt as we would have hoped or as I thought he deserved. The thought was great. The execution was trash. That's what it is. For the entire organization to put that day aside. It it did, it hit you. Oh, you went, like you said, something, you went up there. Something just hit me too, Chad. Never been back for Never any, been back. You for went up anything. There. But now, just like Daniel Snyder has done in the past, he execute wrong missteps, like you said. It's another misstep. The boys are back together again. I mean, it's always fun when the three of us get to just chop it up. But a lot of times we like to chop it up about DraftKings. And if you get to DraftKings right now, any new customer, that uses the promo code PIVOT, any pregame money line wager bet of $5. That's it. If you hit it, you get $150 in free bets. And that's not all they do, Freddie T. Hey, no matter where you're at, DraftKings got something for you. We got the DraftKings Daily Fantasy. That'll put some money in your pocket. And DraftKings Rainmakers. No matter where you're at, go get that paper. And I'm coming with the same game parlays like always. There's Miami-San Francisco game. I'm going to hit them in the head and some unders because this San Fran defense is biting right now. Same game parlays. Same game. You bet multiple bets. You win more money. Like the boys said, man, same game parlays are hitting. But remember, there's also Daily Fantasy, and it's not just football. Get out any of your mobile devices and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Any new customer, pregame, money line wager, $5. If you use the promo code PIVOT, you win. That's $150 in free bets. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now back to the show. So let's go from football to football based on what you said. The thought was great. The execution was trash. What organization am I talking about? Denver. Man, what's going yeah. on over there? They can't generate no damn offense. That's why that big D lineman snapped on Russ. In that, yeah, and I'm not, I know people say, Freddie's always defending Russ with Chan. No. What I'm saying is, much like the Jerry Jones picture, we weren't on the sideline. And both of them have commented afterwards, right? Russ said, he said, hey, let's go. And basically I said, all right, let's get this shit going. All right, cool. And that's what they, they're saying the conversation between the two of them were. You know you get fired up during the game. It ain't always snapping. You might go over to the offense and say, hey, y'all, get y'all shit together. They come to you and say, Jenny, get that shit, get your boys to get that shit together. But the media, it, it get overexposed for the most part. Again, we weren't there. So I won't say that part, but they are playing bad. They are playing they, bad. They have a playoff caliber defense if they could score more than 14 points a game. I understand that. You give a man a quarter billion dollars, 
scored a billion? They scored 20 points twice. We in week 11, they scored 20 points twice, Freddie. That is a terrible offense. You give a man a quarter billion dollars, nothing attached to any off-the-field stuff in the past. If I'm on that team and you hear the stories of Russ having his own office, they bring him in, they treat him like the golden child, and you're supposed to save us. You gave up all the draft picks. Now you're here to save us, and you're scoring 18 points a game. Whatever teams is, that's why them dudes are mad. I'm, are we, I'm are, surprised, are we, Freddie. Are, this didn't happen before this. Are we overanalyzing it? Because he, was, he, he, he left Seattle with a great defense. Are we missing those times where, you know, uh, uh, Cam or, or, or Rich came over and snapped on Russ because he wasn't playing great? Are things more magnified because he's playing the worst he's ever played? Hell yeah, And they're picking Freddie. that up? Yes, so th- I, Well, that's okay. Right. That's okay. So you answered my no, point. No, Freddie T. It's different. You answered Freddie my T. point. Fre- Freddie T. Football is football. Freddie T. If, if, if we are a good football team, which the Seattle Seahawks always were when they had Cam, when they had Rich, when they had Earl, Bobby Wagner, all these people, right? If we are a good football team and we win games, and you aren't playing great that day, right? Because we ain't winning games if you never play good or if you never play great. And I walk over to you in that moment, you know what it is? Freddie T, you know how we do. This ain't us. Mm-hmm. And you know how you receive that? You damn right, RC. Let's go play. Right? right? That's what happens. Right? It's a whole difference when you suck. Because when you suck, stuff hit differently. Right, like if you like when you tell people stuff and they know they dead wrong, you you receive it different. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were a good defense, and if we were having a tough day, or like Coach Tomlin said in the Super Bowl, right? When when we give up them points in the fourth quarter, and he's like, Nah, if you if y'all win this, y'all still a legendary defense. Now he knew we wasn't playing well, but he knew up until that point, the reason we were there was us, and that we could fix it. Them that dude was frustrated. That wasn't a like a let's effing go like before the game, let's effing go Tom Brady throwing his hand at the crowd. That was a, like a mother effer, we been going. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to go. And I think that Russ is now in a place and I am gonna be Freddie T today. I'm gonna defend him. I hate that now the whole world wants to jump on who he is as a person. There's a, he posted a video, and I get it. Like It is like different to see a dude. One, he was clean walking into the state, and that's first off. The blue trench with the, the diamond cross, that joint was hard. With the goth boots? Yeah, that, I thought that was hard. I mean, you can't dress, so you can't count. Right? I know the goth boots ain't cool. Right, so he got the, he got the slow-mo walking in, which is dope, right? And if they were, if, if he was Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts do that, go, if he was Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles fans would have been fired up. They would have been like, ooh, I see you with the suit, with the, with the, the chain, right? Because they winning. Now, Russ, everybody wants to jump on him. They want to call him, they want to say it's corny. And they, you know, it was, some, it was some people that are not of our complexion. They was like, this is so cringe. Mm-mm, don't you do that. Don't you, don't you do that because before it was, he was a great father, he's a great husband, he's a great philanthropist, all this other stuff. He was all that. And that don't have nothing to do with how that man plays football. Right. So just because you don't feel like he playing football the way he's supposed to do, don't you attack, no, don't, you said that was attacking his character. Don't you damn dare. Mm-mm. 
Not because he played, but that shows you if you can play the game, people excuse a lot of stuff, Chan. Yes. Oh, see them same people. Them same people that got all upset when I had my when I we had to talk with Russ, right? Yeah. There are some great fathers, philanthropists, people, human beings, sons, brothers that live down the street from them. They don't give a damn about Johnny down the road. They don't give a damn about Sam or Willie. They care about Russ because he is a good quarterback. They care about Russ because he won a Super Bowl. That's why they care about this man's character and all that stuff. I say it all the time. I played with some amazing football players. The best humans that I play with, the dudes that I would call to get advice, call if me and my wife get into it, call for real life advice, are not the Hall of Famers I play with. And I love JT and Left. I love all them boys, Zach and all my guys. But there are better people. If I said their names, everybody watching would be like, who, who again? They'd have to Google them. But the reason that you know Russ and care about Russ is football. That's what it is. People don't want to admit it. I say it all the time. I love you. Chan, I love you. Hey, I love you. Love watching you play. Hey, this, that. Hey, if I go bankrupt, you going to pay my mortgage? Now they start smiling. <laughs> you boy, you're always joking. I know I'm joking because you're not going to do it. How much do you love me? You love me because I ran around and tackled. They love you, Ryan, sorry to say it, because your ass was a hell of a safety. Freddie T, if you couldn't run that ball, they wouldn't give a damn about you. I already know that. But back to my original question. What is going on in Denver? Is it is it Russ? Is it Nathaniel Hackett? Because Russ isn't, Russ can't be as bad as he's playing. Nathaniel Hackett, look up the good teams in the league right now. Any good team, strong head coach, good quarterback. That's where the league's going. I hate it. I, look, I say it all the time, 2,000 Ravens, 2,002 Bucks. Uh, what, what, what year was that? Y'all got them Steelers defense. 2008? Eight, the, eight, the 2008 Steelers. Mm-hmm. I love teams that you know if they get the double digits, they got a chance to win. Put 12 on the board, we can win this game. Right. That's gone in the league now, Freddie. So you got to have them two guys. Right now, they have an unproven head coach and they have a quarterback that is, that is playing way below I watched him play in Seattle. So you can blame it on whoever you want to. Russ is not making throws. I know they're giving injury excuses. He's not making the throws. He's not, he's not extending plays like he did. He's a different quarterback now. I don't know if he's getting old or what. Watching him with no sound on, no commentators anywhere, watching him play football right now, you say, that's not the same guy I watched in Seattle. All right, we can let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Is he done in Green Bay? No. You won't you don't go from back to back MVPs to done. I think Aaron Rodgers. You put Aaron Rodgers on the team with some weapons, Aaron Rodgers will be the same MVP he was last year. Some weapons. He has no weapons. He's throwing a Lazard. First off, Aaron Rodgers' body is beat up. Aaron Rodgers' ribs are banged up now. Aaron Rodgers' stomach was was hurt early on in the season. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has the type of team around him, at least early. Christian Watson has come along now, what, six tubs in the last three games. And so, like, I think those things are starting to build. But we spoke about it, bro. Like, times is changing. Like, times are changing. Like, the best quarterbacks in the leagues now are named Patrick, and they're named Josh, and they're named Joe Burrow, and they're named Tua Tungavaloa, and they're named Jalen Hurts. Like, all that junk, like, all that junk is over. And it's sad, but it's okay. Because, like, the league is still in good hands. And I think the, the, the hardest part about it all for us is that we were just so comfortable with it. Like, it was so easy to cut on the TV and know Green Bay was going to play good because he quarterbacked. It was so easy to know that whether it was the Patriots or now Tampa Bay, that team was going to play good because Tom Brady was the quarterback. 
right? That Russell Wilson, when he was in Seattle, you knew he was going to get good quarterback play. Like, that junk is different. And the other thing about these young boys, they don't care. Like, they, like nobody stands across from Tom Brady now and thinks about 2007. All them folks care about is 2022. And they know that when y'all catch these L's, Tom looked bad after the game. Tom looked old. They know that when Aaron caught that L this weekend, Aaron looked old, man. Like, this is a young man's game. And honestly, Tom Brady is the reason that we're so surprised by this. We're surprised because it's like, dang, they human. Like, man, I would rather have Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick ain't dealing with this. And it kind of just points you to, like, the importance of the quarterback position. Michael Parsons asked, like, a very important question on on Twitter. He was like, why is the MVP a quarterback award? Why are the other guys never mentioned? And if the other dudes do get mentioned, the type of season and dominance you have to display as a positional player is legitimately out of this world. So it's the reason that they got an MVP, an offensive player of the year, and a defensive player of the year. Because the people that make the dang awards understand the MVP is going to be given to the best quarterback on the team that's really good. And now we can also give these other dudes some shine by getting this award. Do you think that they should change that? And if you think they can change it, they should change it, Chad. How in the hell do you change the mind of the voters of the people that see who the MVP is? It's hard because if it's an offensive guy, right? If it's a receiver, the quarterback's getting him the ball. So, like, I could bring up Tyreek. Tyreek had 1,100 yards through eight games. But Tua was throwing it to him. You know what I'm saying? Tua is right now in the top five. They're not talking about Tyreek. And Tyreek, just saying, out of, out of this world, Tyreek could have 2,000 yards. It's been down the last couple of weeks, 85, yeah. 64, whatever. If he has 2,000 yards, to your point, you'd have to break a NFL record as a position player. You have to break the sack record. You can't tell me. It's the funniest thing in the world. Ask somebody. Who is the most dominant player in the NFL? A lot of people say Aaron Donald. He's better at his job than anybody else is at their job. Why has he never been an MVP? He's the best player. He was on the Super Bowl team. He was on the Super Bowl defense. He made the defense. He he had to play in the Super Bowl to win it when the receiver was wide open down the damn sideline and he sacked Joe Burrow. Played before that, he had the run stop. Had to run stuff. Back-to-back plays in the Super Bowl on the best defense Cooper of Cup, the Super Bowl NFL MVP, uh, Super Bowl MVP. It's cute. Everybody, people hate when I talk about this. I love a good old-fashioned damn 17-10 football game. A fight. A fight. Green Bay Philadelphia. They had 50 points in the first half. 50 points in the first. You might as well take the defensive off. We might as well go to 707. Because this isn't football anymore. But that, to your answer it, you can't change. I, you know what? It's actually getting worse now with how games being played. With all this passing, with all, you know, all this scoring, everybody wants to score. It's getting worse, and it's going to put the quarterback on a higher pedestal. Because you talk to some old quarterbacks. I talked to Marino about it. I talked to some old receivers about it. They would love to play this day and age on how, to, how the game is going. 58 pass attempts a game. Patrick Mahomes be getting damn near 60 pass attempts a game. That's why he's going to be... He has the ball more than anybody else, and he's getting more opportunities than anybody else. I think in this digital age, data storage and everything that the NFL is doing with algorithms and uh, AI, you know, I think they should create a system, right? A weighted system and and, and be able to look at that because uh, if you don't create a system, it just comes, it's no real criteria. 
you know, is, is biased, heavily tilted towards the quarterback position. But you have to create some sort of weight system and add points to it, right? Each category. And then that way, that probably help you determine the player because otherwise we're going to be stuck in the same system we've always been stuck in. And it's going to always heavily favor the quarterback position unless, like you said, someone else breaks a record. You got to rush for over 2,100 now. You got to receive for over 2,000, you know, those type of things, 150 catches, something like that. Uh, otherwise, plus you have to win. Cooper Cup won the, tri won the triple crown and nobody even thought about him having an opportunity to be the MVP. Like, it just wasn't a question. Like, you would hear people when we talked about him throughout the season, Cooper Cup going to be the Offensive Player of the Year because we have all now accepted that the quarterbacks are going to win the MVP. I think if I can come from my media perspective, I think here is why. There are less of them than there are of anything else. There are less great ones of them than there are anything else. As great as Aaron Donald is, and you say, you know what? How good would the Rams have been last year if Chris Jones played tackle for the Los Angeles Rams instead of Aaron Donald? You'd be like, they probably just still been pretty good. Yeah. Then you say, well, how good would they have been if they didn't have Matthew Stafford? Well, if it was Jared Goff, they could have been okay. We've seen him be okay with him, but we don't know. You take Patrick Mahomes off of Kansas City, you're like, ah, I don't know, right? Tua Tungavaloa hasn't lost a game he started and finished up to this point, but they did lose games when he wasn't. And so, and so I think that that's why it starts to be weighted the way it is, because it ain't basketball, right? Where in basketball, like you gotta do it all. So what? You gotta run down there, stop people, you gotta run down there and score. And so I think that those things are things that kind of put it in that perspective. I just quickly, yeah, I just wanna yeah. follow up on Fred said, to try to make it analytical, because this is human, it's human error. It's, hu it's human thought. You know, how do you you ask, how do you change people's mind frame about an MVP race? Remember BCS mm -hmm. in college football? They yeah. tried to put it on a computer. To your point, Fred, they tried mm -hmm. to make it numbers driven. Everybody hated them. Oh, they have two losses, but their losses were to, to great teams. Mm -hmm. So every so now the computer is putting in data and spitting out your top four. No, everybody complained about BCS. Now we go back to voters, and everybody complained about the voters, but. They want to put it in the human's hands over computer's hands. I love the thought of making it analytical and making it number-driven. They can't do it. I saw that. I saw that when college football tried to do it. Nobody's going to go for that. I think the, the biggest thing is somebody always going to dang complain. Yeah. Right? Somebody's going to have an issue. And I think the NFL has done the best they could with this. There's going to be an MVP, and that's probably going to be a quarterback. We're going to give the Offensive Player of the Year to somebody who's a non-quarterback as long as they play really, 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 really good. Because if we got to give it to Tom Brady because he wins or we have to give it to Aaron Rodgers or whoever it is because they win, but Drew Brees plays really good, we might have to give him the Offensive Player of the Year. Right? Like, that's, like, that's what happens. My, my last thing would be this. Somebody who I think could have, who had the talent to be the Offensive Player of the Year uh, many years, uh, started off in New York then went to Cleveland, had an amazing finish to it, the 2021 season in Los Angeles. Some people think could have been the Super Bowl MVP had he finished, uh, was Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. is coming up on making his decision. He's visited, you know, he's gonna visit with the Giants, he's gonna visit with the Dallas Cowboys, presumably, and also, I guess, the Buffalo Bills in the picture. We talked to Vaughn about his sales pitch. He was recently taken off of a plane uh, leaving Miami, I think headed 
to the West Coast. And they said he was unresponsive in some in some points, wouldn't put on his seatbelt, different things like this. I remember seeing the picture that somebody posted along um, on Twitter. And it's like him crying in his Super Bowl hat. And even though like I know what the picture is, it's a picture that's not very, uh, it's not an attractive picture, right? It's not, it's not a picture that seems like good things are happening in his life. And I think that you do that on purpose, right? So people look at it. But I want to talk to the perception of that. A guy who has had people say things about him just based off of what they see. And now you hear this story. It's been said that if everything checks out with the story, which it looks like it does, like he just walked off the plane, didn't seem like a big deal, maybe a long night on South Beach or whatever it is. How do you feel that affects what a team wants to give him going forward? And what impact do you think he can have this year? Ooh, the, the effect it has on the team, I honestly believe, because I've seen so many different situations, guys mess up, we spoke about, hell, Deshaun Watson's coming back. You know what I'm saying? He's coming back this Sunday. So guys can do things. I don't think it affects them at all. I don't think somebody's going to give him a big deal anyway coming off the second ACL tear. So he's going to get a puppy deal. He's going to get a prove-it deal. I think any team, you speak about Buffalo, you speak about you know uh, Dallas and all them, I don't think anybody pulled back off of that because of the fact this wasn't Ben Stiller and anger management. Yeah, He's not elbowing stewardess in the face. The man was asleep. Yep. The man was asleep. This could have happened to me before, but I ended up putting on my seatbelt before, before I put that head back on the rest. You know what I'm saying? Long night on South Beach. Oh, it's 4 a.m. My flight's at 7. Yep. I'm going to just stay up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the, uh, the, the Redbird. What's it called? The, 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 the breakfast spot down on, on Washington. I'm going to go slide in here, give me some waffles, and I'm going to go straight to the airport. When I get on that plane, I'm News going to bed. News Cafe. News Cafe right there, too. I'm, I'm going to bed. So I... Clickbait. We talked about Jerry earlier, that picture, clickbait. You're talking about what it's trying to make Odell, clickbait. Read what an t- attorney put out. This man wasn't crazy. He wasn't wild. He wasn't fighting. He wasn't screaming. He wasn't cussing. I've seen some crazy videos of yes. MFers on planes going crazy. But it's Odell Beckham, and he was sleeping. And you couldn't wake him up on the runway, but you could wake him up at the gate. Right. The whole story to me sounds like they knew this was Odell they Beckham. They knew it was. That's my problem. Would you have dealt with a different human being the way you dealt with Odell? And I don't think so. And I think I think they are making a mountain out of a molehill with this Odell Beckham Jr. thing. It's not going to run anyone away. Everybody that's contending or each team that wants him, they're going to still chase him. Minimal deal, maybe two-year deal, no signing bonus, high incentives. He got to come back and prove himself. You know, there's a big question mark. He is returning from a double ACL. So uh, I, I think that the, the airplane thing is just attention. It's, it's you know, uh, whatever you think it might be, it's your perception of it. Uh, he could have been loopy. It's a five-hour flight. I'm taking my Xanax when I get on the flight. And the Xanax will have you in and out of sleep. And, and I'm, I'm uh, prescribed Xanax. So I take Xanax before I fly, right? And, and it has me loopy. So, I mean, I think they're just blown out of proportion. Um, hopefully we can see him somewhere soon. Listen, in today's world, it is so hard to find your match. I'm not talking about romantically. I'm talking about if you are an employer in business. But ZipRecruiter.com is the place for you. If you're looking for a lawyer, if you're looking for a nurse, if you're looking for an accountant and your business can't find the one for you, this is the best matchmaker in the world. Go to ZipRecruiter.com no matter where you are and you can find the perfect person to do exactly what you need. Everything in life, you're looking for help. You're looking for help with your schoolwork. You're looking for help with your job. You're looking for help 
with hiring, you got to go to ZipRecruiter. They're the best. If you want help, go find the best help. And that's what people do when they're successful in business. It's ZipRecruiter if you're trying to hire. Hey, listen, get in the game. Motivate your audience from accountants to zoologists. ZipRecruiter has it for you. Let them use their powerful technology to help you find the right candidate. That's right. They have an amazing technology that allows you to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Get the person that's right for your job. When you are ready to build your winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. You can try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash DraftKings. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-R-A-F-T-K-I-N-G-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Yeah, I think that's one of those things. Anytime Odell Beckham Jr. does something, it's going to make news. Um, it's going to be important. It's going to be one of those things that we continue to hear about until we don't, until something else happened and they find a flavor of the day. I think it's a situation for him that I just think is unfortunate timing. And if, if you're a team and we've seen how these teams do business, they'll use anything that they can not to give you money that you already earned or that you deserve. And I think that could be the situation here, but this is truly, to me, at least much to do. They're going to ask him. Yeah. They're going to ask him. I got asked because I got locked up all them times in college and on there, you know, uh, drunk or inebriated. I say it wasn't all liquor. It was different items. But under a, the influence. Under the influence. So they say that. So every team I sit down with at the combine, they ask me, do you have a drug problem? Do you have an alcohol problem? Do you have this problem? They ask me. They're going to ask Odell. When he comes into the teams, hey, we just saw what happened in Miami. Are you on something? Do you have a problem? If he says no, I'm good. Or if he says yes, and he tells them whatever was going on, we don't know. But if there was something in his system, he tells them. I still don't think it runs by. I still think Odell is going to have a snap count. He's going to be in on third downs or passing downs. He's going to have a package, and he's going to help a team win games this season. I agree. You know, it's crazy, man. Like, even with the OBJ thing, the, the one thing we know about him is, like, family's close. You know, you saw the pictures from his party. You always see his little man, his girl, Low, obviously, his mom, Heather. Like, those people are close to him. And so there's no telling if they were down there having a good time together or whatever it was, man. It's the holiday season. You know what I mean? And, and one thing about holidays, man, it's about family. Fred got back in town, you know, you went out of town. I was up there seeing Jordan. What was the, kind of the highlight of your week? Um, just being with family, man. That's what it is. And I always say you love them, you don't always like them. How many of, how many of like, your people got together? Though? Well, this year it was my wife's family. So up in Orlando, we just, uh, my, my cousin just had a baby. So we went to see the baby and everybody went to see the new baby in addition to the family. But yeah, a lot of a lot of good old fashioned arguments. You know what I'm saying? Like the movies that come out about the the, the, the monster in laws and the father of the bride and all. That's real. <laughs> so you get all these people together. You have you love each other. Y'all eat delicious food. You know you you enjoy each other. You catch up. You catch up on what the kids doing in life. But bro, y'all gonna argue? It's gonna be some arguments because it's just some grown people. That, I done known you 40 years. You know me 40 years. I remember when you were 15. And you stole my girlfriend. So now when you take that big piece of turkey, I'm going to cuss your ass out. It's just stuff like that to really go. But my favorite part is the prayer before the meal when everybody's standing around holding hands. From my two-year-old standing there, he don't know what's going on, to, uh, you know, older aunt who's in her 80s. And just all the different lives there. And we're all praying together over this food, getting together for just the purpose of Thanksgiving. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the prayer before the meal. 
That's crazy. You back eating chitlins? I ain't eat no chitlins yet, but you know what? Nobody lets me cook chitlins anymore. They tell me I gotta go outside. I ain't going outside. Hey, bro, it's about the stankiest thing I've ever smelled. Y'all don't clean y'all chitlins right. I don't eat chitlins. I get it from the top and I I push out all that doo-doo. That shit's nasty. I push out all that doo-doo. Man, this is good in your I, I want to ask him. I, I want to ask him to say it again so oh, bad. <laughs> no, man. That's legit. You got to hold disgusting. that one side, wrap it around your hand, and slinky chilling. Yeah, nah, man. man, that's just garbage, bro. <laughs> that's just terrible. Well, for me, guys, uh, I was I was enjoying myself on a tuk tuk. That's a little like almost like a golf cart. Oh, okay. Or in Thailand, and it's hot as a mother. It, it's very humid. Um, but no, I um, spent the first three days of the week before Thanksgiving, uh, pretty much almost on the plane, mm. flying back from Thailand. Uh, but Thailand was beautiful. Uh, Phuket and Phi uh, Phi. Most people say Fifi, but it's Phi Phi and Phuket, not Phuket. What's the that? H is silent, bro. And the, what is that? Those are islands oh, and, okay. and a city. Phuket is the city. When he just talk like that, I just let him talk. When he talk over my head and it's like too expensive for my taste, I just listen and look and blink like this because I know they're going to cut the camera to me. <laughs> too so expensive. I... <laughs> but this guy has, how many jobs does he have? Too expensive. Need more money. Well, well, more so. We, we can probably say, um, you know, you just don't have the time to go. Let's go. With so that. I appreciate you guys for allowing me a pass to go. <laughs> you know, But no, the week was good. The week was good. Had a small gathering. Just... Me, the missus, and, and and the boys, just something light, a couple uh some turkey, some uh, jerk, Cornish hen, mac, cheese, the greens, you know all the side. We went to Arizona, uh, cause it was the Territorials Cup on Friday, so we had to go to Tucson to watch Jordan them lose by three. And I really hate fans, you know what I'm saying? Like people who really can't do nothing or never did nothing, and like they like cussing at little kids and and all that, like, man, you can't play. Like, I'm looking at you, I know you can't play. Both your knees touch on the inside, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got no no glutes, right? No glutes, <laughs> man you got boobs. bellies, man boobs, like, stop it. You know what I mean? So mostly I just sit there and try to not, like, I don't want people to say anything to me, so I don't wear, like, team colors or anything. And then, like, what normally happens is, like, dude saw me walking out and he was like, oh, oh sorry, Ryan Clark, oh, shut up. You know what I mean? So that, that was my Friday. I think like one day we'll realize like that like a lot of growth happened in the time we've been doing this. And we've been doing it a year. And I think our lives, like my life has changed a ton. Channing's life, Fred's life, like all of us have gone through those things. And it's been kind of cool because you have like a little circle of people to talk about things over Caesar salads and stuff. Um, this is the first Thanksgiving I spent without my oldest. Um, she moved away you know, like after she graduated and like she's in school and, you know, like things happen, man. And like your children go through things and they feel certain things. And so it was me, you know, Jan, uh, Jordan, uh, Logan, and uh, and it was good. You know what I'm saying? It was like, and we had like a lot of food and everything. But when you don't talk to your child or stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? Like it's incomplete, you know? And I'm very, very grateful like for what I have. You know what I'm saying? And like everybody was was really happy. You know what I'm saying? Like that was cool, you know? And we prayed and, uh, you know, I pray. 
And like every time I pray, I pray for all my babies, right? I pray for Yank and I pray for like families. I pray for people that are less fortunate, you know? But normally like when I pray for my kids, like they're holding, whether it's my hand or like their brother's hand or like their sister's hands or whatever, you know? And so for me, like I just miss her, you know? And you know, hopefully man, like this junk goes by, you know what I'm saying? And everything is like it used to be, you know? But I think like so many times, like, cause I do do a lot of jobs, you know what I'm saying? And like, we don't get to like feel, you know? Like I just, I gotta get up and do my job. Or, you know, I gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like I gotta host this show with y'all or I gotta get on, get up and work. Or like I gotta be there to support Jordan because it doesn't matter necessarily like what's going on with her or us because like I still got them, you know, and I gotta take care of them. But I miss her, man. And so hopefully, you know, like next year when we're talking about Thanksgiving, I could be like, you know, Jaden was back and that, you know, like the whole family was together, man. And like it was all of us. Cause I think like in the end, man, like if I'm not good at that, you know what I'm saying? Like if I wasn't, like if I'm not good at like being her dad, you know? No, but you said it would grow. Your kids have to grow too. Everybody grows in their own way. Everybody gets out in their own way. So whatever they need to grow, if, it, if it's what you think they need, or if it's what they think they need, y'all both could be wrong. But if that's the direction they're going, you just have to be there. But every, everybody grows in different ways, RC. You know? That's, that's very true. Man, I always give you um, high praise and admiration because I see it. I don't just say it because we doing this. I mean, I'm always in awe, you know, and, and like I text you the notification when they pop up on the phone. Anything that comes across with Clark, I, say, I feel like a proud big brother because I get to see it behind the scenes and I know he kill it, you know, when he's on the big screen. As long as I'm breathing air, like that's my baby, you know? And I've said it a million times, man, I do not think parenting is a reciprocal relationship. I do not think that my kids gotta love me because I love them. I do not think that my kids are gonna respect me all the time because I take care of them. I do not think that my kids are gonna see me the same way that I see them because my kids don't have to take care of me. I am not their responsibility ever. You ain't gotta buy me nothing. You ain't gotta, you ain't gotta do nothing for me. You don't have to reward me for loving you because you ain't asked to be here. And so in that man, like, I feel nothing but love for my child. As parents, we don't try to mess up. It's just no hand, it's like a lot of handbook to it, right? It's no playbook to make those decisions. Like you just do the best that you can. And in the end, it's like on them to like internalize it the way they deal with that it. they deal with it. And I didn't. I've told the story, you know, before. I didn't talk to my dad for over three years, four years. Now we're tight. Just went to his birthday. You know what I'm saying? And that was me. I was at UF. My dad came to UF, found a ball player, found where I was living. Came and beat on my door. I was inside my house, wouldn't open the door for my dad. Drove from Tampa to Gainesville. Wouldn't open the door for my dad. Didn't have time for him, didn't want to talk to him. I look back at that now, I was a kid. I was childish. I, you know, I was dealing with my anger of my, him and my mom not being together, him not being around, him not coming to my high school game. I was dealing with that. 
Now I get to college, now I'm a grown man and I'm tough and uh, that was my mistake, bro. So that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody deals things their way. That's not right or wrong. And I look back now, now when I'm sitting with Randy on the back porch, hanging out, laughing, going fishing, like, we've talked about it. Like, I've said, I told him sorry. Like, I shouldn't have dealt with that that way. He told me sorry. I should have fought more for you when the divorce happened. Like, it was just, but it, we get it. I don't want you to, I don't want you to put too much on it and just, it happens a lot more with grown kids and I've seen a lot more, I've talked to people about it, but the, 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 the growth process of different people, the growth process of life, of having, you call them babies. Jane's 23, bro. Yeah. That's not a baby. That's a grown-ass woman. Right. That make grown-ass woman decisions. So that's the thing. But just hearing that, it just makes me think about me and my father, how I had that window, and I do regret that window. I think the beautiful thing is we, we both, we, we recognize it. It's life. You know, they want to go through their journey, you know, accordingly as they see it. But I can, I can guarantee you one thing, and you probably know it. Well, I know you know it. She knows you got her back. No matter what, she knows you're going to be there. That's why she ain't worrying about nothing. You know, she's going to go out and live life as she sees fit and enjoy her life. She, you be proud that she's a woman and she's wanting to push forward. I know you know you got her back. And she knows the same. So, yeah, we, we, we just soft daddies sometimes for our daughters, man. And it's better to be that way and teach them how to go out there and be women and be strong and want to live life on their own as an independent than to raise somebody that's on some bullshit, want to be dependent of a man, you know, out there a week or what have you. So, I mean, um, just keep pushing her, you know, and keep being strong, man. You're good. So here's my question. It's time for us to make Super Bowl picks. We ain't even made MVP picks. No, I don't want to make MVP picks, right? You got to let the season play out. God, not mid-season MVP? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <clears throat> Hurts. <clears throat> Go ahead. Rental car. Oh, no, hey, listen, so if you want to do it, excuse me, guys, we have, we have decided, we have, now, Bowl, no, we have now decided, no, it, it's like week 11, Freddie T, and you want to, like, we already passed the midway point. Yeah, Is it like but, the, the three-quarter yeah. point? Yeah, that. Two work. point. Okay. You know my math be two, suspect. Two, two point, yeah, your math is very suspect. You know my math. The, the 2.5, the, the point two five year awards go to, who is your MVP? I want to go MVP. I want to go... Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. I think um, Jalen Hurts, for what, what he's done on the field, uh, over 2,500 yards passing, over, passing over 600 yards rushing, uh, and what he's done with his team in Philly, that would be my candidate for MVP. Uh, with the breakout game that uh, Josh Jacobs just had, just recently had, mm. he would be my offensive player That's of the year. He's leading call. the league in, in rushing. Obviously, the team isn't hasn't lived up to expectations this year, but as a as a breakout guy, I mean he's been looking amazing. And on the defense, obviously, I go to go with Micah, young bull. I like Micah. Ooh, MVP man, I gotta I gotta go with Patrick Steele. I love I love Hurts' game. I love what he's doing. I love he don't slide. When he's running that ball, he's he's he is running the football. He's not sliding. Like and my taking daddy, you say he's an athlete. Athlete, what else? <laughs> <laughs> he's an athlete. He's that an boy, athlete. That boy's playing, but what he's doing. But honestly, you take Patrick Mahomes. Philly's defense is good. Philly got a run game. You take Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs. They are not the Chiefs. That defense has to play with a lead. You know what I'm saying? So Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world right now. I give him that. 
Offense, I got to go with my man Reek, man. Wait, 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 wait. If you take Jalen Hurts away from Philly, they can still, he's run a few listen, quarterbacks they, out of Philly. They'll, and they he's can, gotten better. They can still win games. They won't be, what are they not? 9-1? 10-1. After after the other night. They they won't be 10-1 without him. But with that run mm-hmm. game, with the best offensive line in football period right now, and that defense, they would win games. You take Patrick Mahomes off that Chiefs team, and they're, we're not even talking about Super Bowl or anything. We might not be talking about playoffs. So I got to give it to Pat. Offensive, I'm giving it to Tyreek Hill. What he's doing. Tua's, the two is the talk. We were just talking about the MVP race. You got, you Tyreek, got Tyreek over Jettas, over Justin Jefferson? I got Tyreek. Justin has had some big games. He has some balling games. Doesn't Reek got him on numbers, though? I think he got him on yards. Justin got him on touchdowns. It's close. But, both ways. But... They are different receivers because Reed can take five, a, a five-yard pass 60. Justin works the top of the field. Just like Jamar Chase. There's some, there's some boys out there playing ball. Yeah. I got it to my man Reed. Just what he does, how explosive he is, and how his his addition to the Dolphins offense turned that entire organization around. I agree around. with that. That's what's crazy with Reed. I got to give it to Cheetah. And defensively, that damn boy from New England. Matthew Judon. Judon is a beast. Mm-hmm. He is a force to be reckoned with. Without him, I don't know what that, that defense will still be good. But I got to give it to Matthew June. I love watching that man come off that edge. I'm going to start with my offensive player of the year would be Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is to be leading in yards, to be leading in touchdowns after losing Tyreek Hill. I tell everybody all the time, the difference between him and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers lost his number one target. Patrick Mahomes didn't. Patrick Mahomes lost his most explosive target. Travis Kelsey was where Patrick Mahomes felt, for lack of a better word, most at home, most at home, most comfortable. He could always get the ball to him. So I got Patrick as my offensive uh, player of the year. I agree with you, defensive player of the year. I think Matthew Judon, red sleeves, what he's done has been totally underrated. Uh, going into last weekend, I think he was leading the lead in sacks. I believe Micah has caught him now, man. But what he's been able to do, the amount of pressures uh, he's been able to create, and he's he's made defense easy for the Patriots on the back end, yeah. where they aren't great. And my MVP is Michael Parsons. You mentioned Tyreek changing the organization, so did Michael Parsons. And I think we saw the Dallas Cowboys like differently because the Cowboys were America's team. The Dallas Cowboys were historically horrible on defense the year before they drafted him. And the other thing is this, he failed to them. They wanted a corner. They were thinking J.C. Horn, Horn, Patrick Sertan II, which would be amazing picks. Michael Parsons failed to them. And he's so good at what he does, he actually plays a position he wasn't even drafted to play because once he had to play it, he was better than everybody else that was playing it. And I think when we look at players and their impact, their dominance in the position, and being transcendent. Transcendence is something we all respect. That's why Patrick Mahomes wanted in his second year. Snap. Like, this is different. And I think Michael Parsons possesses that. So to me, I think he's the MVP right now. And uh, I mean, and with that, fellas, once again, we were back. It was a good time. We appreciate you guys locking in and staying in. Uh, we try to bounce around and hit some things that truly only matter on the grass, but also matter as it pertains to the field and all. Remember, continue to tell a friend to tell a friend about our show. Subscribe, like, comment, 
Uh, Freddie T has been really busy, so he was not able to read all of the comments. He is back, and he will get back on his job and report to us exactly what happens, man. We check up with y'all on Tuesday. You can start shooting shows down south. God, free. <laughs> Hold up. Limitless.